Advent is one of the things that I think sets Christianity apart. Because you see, in most of the world's religions, it's all about finding our way to God and we've got to come to him. But Christianity, on the other hand, says, no, 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 God comes to us. He advents. That's what the word means, his coming. God comes to us. In our readings today, and, and along with the readings, our layout of our church and its art and architecture actually teaches us what this coming of God, this advent means for our everyday lives. So over here, we have the icon of Mary and the child Jesus. <clears throat> this is his first advent in the past, his first coming into the world, when the Son of God became human flesh. And other than the fact that it wasn't by a human father, but conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, God came into our world the way every one of us comes into this world, a tiny little cell of a person in the womb of his mother Mary. And when fully grown, the God-man offered that life started in the womb of Mary for the life of the world. God came into our world so humble, so small, so tiny, so under the radar. I mean, the world didn't even recognize it, just a handful of people in Bethlehem. And so the holy season of Advent we're celebrating prepares us to celebrate this first coming at the great feast of Christmas. Over here on this side, then, is another icon. This is the icon of Christ, the Pantocrator, which means the ruler over all things. This is his second advent in the future when he will come again. And so the Holy Church advises us or, or teaches us in the season of Advent to prepare for this second coming with great fear. As we heard Peter say in that second reading, this is a terrible day that is coming. The entire universe is going to melt down, a cosmic meltdown. And when he comes again, we want him to find us living holy and devoted lives. And yet the season of Advent also tells us to prepare for this coming with great hope. See, a lot of people think that here's the end of the story. You die, your soul goes to heaven, there's the end. But that's not what our Christian faith believes. That's just, in one way, just the beginning. Our Christian faith teaches us, as we heard Peter say in that second reading again, that when he comes to judge, he will then take that universe that has melted down and he will recreate it. And there will be a new heavens and a new earth, a brand new, flawless, undying creation. And that you and me, we're going to be resurrected and we're going to live soul and body in that new creation forever and ever. Whoa, what's that going to be like? Here's how I like to imagine it in my mind. I like to think that we are going to spend eternity touring the most majestic national parks that you can think of with Jesus and all the saints. That's the new heavens and the new earth. That's at least a glimpse of what the scriptures paint for us. He has advented his first coming in the past. He will advent his second coming in the future. And then you and I, every one of us here this morning, came into church with a past and a future. 
When you walked through those doors just a few moments ago, some of you just literally a few seconds ago, I think, <laughs> when you came through those doors, you came bringing your past with you. And maybe you came dragging it with you. Maybe your past haunts you. Great wounds that have been inflicted on you. They're sort of like these gaping emotional wounds of your life. Or there's the epic mistakes that you have made in life and it almost paralyzes you. And for whatever reason, you cannot let go of your past. You just drag it with you wherever you go. It sort of identifies you, defines you. You spend your life living in the should-haves and the could-haves, always looking back. But then there are others of us, when we look to our past, we say, oh, no, no, not at all. Actually, those were the good old days compared to now. Oh, my goodness, I wish I could go back. And in fact, that's what you're doing. You're constantly looking backward in your life. It's a strange sort of grief. You're sort of stuck in the past that way. But of course, we all have a future out in front of us. The problem with the future and the reason why it stresses us out maybe scares us a little bit, is that we can't control the future. We have no idea what the future will look like. The future is hidden from us. What's going to happen? Or we look into the future, and we've given into the myth of someday. We go about not doing the things we should be doing now, because, oh, I'll get to it someday. Our lives, our lives are so crazy. We're so busy. We're trying so hard to get ahead. We find ourselves waiting to really live our lives someday when we get there, in the future, whenever it's going to be. And so to be the master of the obvious, of course, we cannot go to the past. And we have no idea what the future is going to bring. All we have is the present moment, right? And we find ourselves here right now in this moment in an intersection between our past and our future. But it's also an intersection between his past advent and his future advent. And it's right here in this crossroads, at this intersection, that he advents now. Our God, Jesus, comes to us now. And what do we find at this intersection except this altar? Where Jesus most personally will come to us as he gives us his body and blood to eat and to drink. And yet as we receive that in a moment in time, we don't just gulp Jesus down and then he's gone. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains with me and I remain with them. He remains with us. Friends, this means that every present moment we experience, every place that we go in life, as it happens, Jesus is in that moment with us. This is more than saying, oh yeah, I know, you know, God's everywhere, of course. He's omnipresent, if you want to use the big word. No, 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 this is, this is us learning how to recognize that wherever we go, whatever moment we're in, he is there in that moment for us. This is Advent. He comes for us. He has Advented. He will Advent. He is Adventing all the time in your life and mine. 
Isaiah the prophet picked up on this. He kept saying, here is your God. I know God's with me everywhere. No, here is your God who's come with power and might and love and forgiveness for you in each and every moment. Some of us maybe remember, I think it's probably been at least 20 years ago, that great Christian fad, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? And it's not a bad question to ask. You get into a situation in your life and you say, I don't know what to do. What would Jesus do? It's a good question. And we wear bracelets and t-shirts and all kinds of Christian chotch. And some people made a lot of money on this. WWJD. And then I got to thinking about it. Maybe it would be better to ask something more like Way J. W-A-Y-J. Where are you, Jesus? Because if we would go into every moment, every present moment of our life, every place life takes us, if we would go into that with that question, seeking him, where are you, Jesus? We know he's already there with us. He's already gone before us. He's already present. And sometimes it's harder to find him in particular situations and at moments in our lives. Sometimes we have to dig a little deeper in prayer, but we know he's there. This is his promise to us. On this second Sunday of Advent, we hear once again the great message of John the Baptist Prepare, prepare for his first coming as we celebrate that at Christmas. Prepare for his second coming in the future when he will come and judge and make all things new. But prepare for this present moment when he comes to us now so that we are ready to encounter him. And John says, here's how you repair, prepare, you repent. Repentance. You know, Martin Luther in the very first of his 95 theses, those famous 95 theses that started the entire Reformation. So think about this. These are the first words that started the Reformation that we've been commemorating this year. Martin Luther wrote this. The whole life of a believer is one of repentance. That's what it means to be a believer. Repent. What does it mean to repent? It means simply to turn to God to turn to Jesus so that we're prepared in every moment. We're turning to him constantly to recognize him in our midst and in our everyday lives. And of course, this means that we also confess our sins. You cannot come into the presence of a holy, just, pure God bringing all of your dirty, rotten, stinking garbage with you. As John said to us, stooping down to untie his sandals isn't low enough. We are so unworthy of him. Brothers and sisters, we have to humble ourselves and confess our sins and beg for his mercy constantly. And yet Jesus didn't come to us to put us in our place and remind us of where we stand with him. He didn't come to stand on our neck and watch us squirm. He didn't come to rub our noses in our unworthiness. He came to lift us up so that we could see all around us that he's with us. No matter what life brings to you, he's He's with us in the good and the bad, the craziness. He's he's with us in each and every one of those moments. And he wants us 
to see this. Friends, we have somehow got to get off the crazy train of our modern life. With all of our busyness and our constant distractions. Some of us who are dragging our past or wanting to go back there and we can't change it. Or we're fretting over our future and of course we have no control over that. This holy season of Advent calls out to us and says, no, prepare, repent, turn to him, turn to him, because he is adventing even right now. He is coming to us. And when Jesus comes to us, he comes with all of his grace and all of his forgiveness and all of his love for you and for me. But we have to practice this. This preparing that I'm talking about and repenting and turning to Jesus, it does not come naturally to us. We have to sort of work at it. And so I want to close this homily with not just practicing, let's just actually try this and to do this. I'd ask you to clear your heart and your mind of all the clutter that's there right now. Set it aside. Whether it's you're worried about or you're fretting over the future or you're dragging stuff of the past with you, just put it all aside and put it in his trusting hands. And what I want you to do right now is not talk to him. We, we talk too much. I want you simply to turn to him and let him advent. Let Jesus come to you.